Well, how's everybody doing today? Yeah, I think we've had church. I think we had church. Do you think we should just stop now and go home? No. No? <laughs> you know, I always expect somebody to say, yeah, let's do that. I don't know what I'd do then. <laughs> Obviously, today is a very special day. We love our moms. I love my mom. She's 87, and she's still just as cantankerous as she was 50 years ago. And they say you marry your mother. <laughs> Think about that one. <laughs> true, true fact. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for the Gospels. I thank you for the Word of God, Old and New Testament. Lord, I thank you for the people that have come out today to you, just get more from you, Lord. They're not satisfied with what they received this week. They need more. They want you to fill them afresh and anew today. That's our prayer for them. And Lord, as Pastor Barb and I, as we uh, break the bread of life this morning, God, use it as only yes. you can. Speak to the hearts of these folks. God, if, if their moms are, are not here, Lord, for whatever reason, maybe they've gone on to be with you. Maybe other things have happened. I pray that you'd comfort them. Give them that peace today. And for those whose moms are still with us, Lord, we pray that they would be blessed beyond measure. God, that you would show much favor upon them. And Lord, that as this service progresses today, they would just sense how special they are to you and to us. We love you and we commit this short hour to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And everybody said, Amen. And by hour, I mean 45 minutes. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's my turn, isn't it? I get to read a couple scriptures. And of course, you know, the Bible talks about all kinds of ladies in, uh, in, a, in a very good way. And in Leviticus, and I should have probably shown, the, oh, that's the, actually the title. Sorry. You're not my mama. <laughs> have I ever said that to you? I don't know. I'm not sure if I ever I think ever you did. might have been thinking it. Oh, I know I was thinking it. <laughs> this, this is actually where I was going. The Leviticus 19.3, uh, Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father, and you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest, for I am the Lord. So God gave them this instruction. Honor your mom. They're special. And then in Deuteronomy, it's, it's basically the same thing. Uh, chapter 5, verse 16, Honor your father and mother, as the Lord your God commanded you. So this isn't a suggestion. You know, as we get older, we get spunky, we get uh, courageous. Cranky. I wasn't talking about me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm talking about the younger people. And, and they get to that age around 12 and 13 and 14 and 16 and 18 and 21. And every year is a mile marker. And every year they think they're smarter than they've ever been in their lives and way smarter than their moms and dads. That's when you've got to fasten in on this passage right here and say, I need to honor my folks. You may not agree with them 100%. They may not do everything you want them to do, but you still need to honor them. Because that's God's command. And what's it say here? Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So if you want to be blessed, if you want to live a long life, a prosperous life, this is how you do it. Honor your mom and, of course, your dad. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't Amen. it? Amen. So let me ask you this. When you think of your mom, 
What do you think of? What is a mom to you? Is it someone who knows you better than anyone else? Love you guys. Glad you're here. <laughs> is it someone who nurtured you all your life? How many can say, yeah, that's me? Is it somebody who loves you no matter what? How many are glad our moms do that part? How many don't deserve it? Yeah. My mom still reminds me, do you know how many gray hairs you put on my head? Is it someone who annoys you? <laughs> no hands a, raising in this room. But in a good way. But in, does your mom annoy you in a good way? I mean, most of us would say, absolutely. Looking at the ladies of the Bible, how many have ever heard of a woman known as Yochebed? Yochebed. Bible scholars? I think I'm saying it right because I actually looked up the pronunciation. Found in Exodus 6.20, and I'm going to read this. It's up behind me. Did I miss those again? i got to get on cue here. Where am I? You're okay. Just keep going. I know I'm good, but <laughs> there we go. Amram married his father's sister, Yochebed, and she gave birth to who? This is Aaron and Moses' mom. How cool is that? And I read this and I went, I don't know if I ever remember reading about this lady. So Yochebed is Moses and Aaron's mother. But what makes this woman so special is that when she gave birth to Moses, there was this thing going on where the Pharaoh, first of all, they're all in bondage, right? They're slaves to Egypt and they had to make bricks. They had to do everything that the uh, Egyptians want, asked them, told them to do. Otherwise, they'd get whipped or they'd get beaten or they'd get killed, whichever they felt like doing to them. So this woman is under this structure, this, this bondage, if you will, and she and her husband decide, all right, we're going to have a kid. So their child is born, and then the Pharaoh does this thing where he makes this edict, there are too many of you. He's got too many slaves running around, too many Hebrew slaves, and he says, we got to end this, so every newborn male, kill them. Now the girls, you can, you can leave them, they'll be alright, we'll let them grow up, but the boys, we need to end this. And what we see here is, Jochebed is going to have a child in this, this thing I just described, alright, you with me? Alright, it's your turn. Exodus 1, 22 through 2.10. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but may you let the girls live. And about this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of paper papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the river bank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. 
When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boys were older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, which means to lift out. She explained, I lifted him out of the water. Well, we've got a little bit of problem back here, so hopefully we'll get that fixed. If you could just follow along with us, uh, my thing isn't working. Maybe it froze up. I don't know what's going on. So we see that all of these Hebrew boys that were born to these Jewish slaves, they were expected to be killed. But Yochebed was different. Yochebed was different. Moses' mother was different. She was willing to risk everything for her son. Everything. Even if it meant her life. And she did this through a well-planned scheme. I want to look at this amazing lady a little bit more. First, she was courageous. She didn't care if it meant giving her life for him. She wanted to protect him soon to be called Moses. She did the right thing by her son. How many of you mothers would do the same thing? I suspect most of you probably would. She protected her baby. Nobody was going to hurt him. Not even the Pharaoh. Not even his edict. Though many other mothers allowed their sons to be killed, Yochebed said, no, I'm not having anything to do with this. And she spent that first three months, and I don't know how she did it, I don't know what her job was at the time, but she hid that little baby so nobody else knew she had him. That meant she had to feed him. Can you imagine? Wah, wah, trying to hide that. She had to feed him. She had to hide him even when he was crying. She had to change his diaper and all that. However, whatever they did back then, I'm not sure. But she made sure nobody knew she had this little child. And then as he got too big for her to hide... She was industrial, she was smart, and she was cunning. And by that, I mean, this lady weaved a basket out of the reeds, and then she thought enough to waterproof it, with, the Bible says, with tar. Then she released this baby into the slow-moving current of the river. And listen, when I say she's cunning, I think she, she scoped this out first. She knew when certain people came down to the river, and it says that the princess... The Pharaoh's daughter came down to take a bath. You don't think that she knew that was when the Pharaoh's daughter came down to take a bath? Probably every day. You know, she was a princess after all. And they could do that. And she gets down there and all of a sudden there's this little baby in this little basket floating down the river and she hears it. Because Moses was crying. And, And one of her attendants went out, brought the baby in, And of course, we know what happened beyond that. She said, I want to keep him. And this is the coolest part, and I I love this. She was so strategic that even after all of this, then what did the Pharaoh's daughter do? She said, hey, I need somebody to feed this little person. And apparently, it was Yochebed's sister that was right there attending to her, 
And she said, hey, I know just the person. And it turns out it's Yokebed, Moses' mother. How cool. She got to nurse her own baby. And as I understand it in the Bible, because Samuel was three years old when, her mom, when his mom finally gave him to the priest, my guess is it was probably about two or three years that she nursed little Moses. And got, what do you, I was going to tell him that. I'm preaching here today, all right? You had your turn a couple weeks ago. Anyway, hallelujah. Do you think that all of this was an accident? No way. Absolutely no way. In fact, I believe it had to do with a godly, praying mother who was watching out for her little newborn baby and a loving God who was watching out for a praying mama. How many of you know? You, ladies, you've got God's attention. When you're raising your children, <laughs> you have got His attention. When your kids hit the age of 20-something and they lose their marbles, you've still got God's attention. Just because your kids grow up doesn't mean that you've lost the favor with Him. Keep praying for Amen. them. Don't give up on them. They're going to come back. That one song we sang today, and, and, and you may disagree with it theologically, whatever, but God will go after the one for the 99. Now, does He just leave the 99 to, to get into trouble? No, they're already taken care of. He'll go after your son. He'll go after your daughter when they lose their marbles at their Amen. adult life. Amen. Amen. You know, as a wife and a mother, I love serving my family. I, I really believe that's what a mom's supposed to do, is serve. I believe our God-given role is to help nurture our children and our husbands sometimes and do whatever it takes to take care of our families. You know, I know from experience a mom is always there for her kids. Amen? Whether they're young or full-grown, like Pastor Norm said. Matter of fact, I think sometimes, especially you young moms that are thinking, oh, when they get older, they're gonna, I won't have to. Believe me, when they grow up, it's more. There's more worry. There's more concern. But, and then there's more time that you get to be. Just because they grow up doesn't mean they don't need you anymore. That's right. Amen? In fact, I think it's more. Amen. You know? And you know, I just want to pull out, you can have fun with your grown kids. <laughs> I know just this past year, Troy and I got to go on a, a trip together to Florida. And it was awesome. I didn't know how it was going to work out. I was kind of concerned about it, just the two of us going down. But we had a blast. We did more walking, saw alligators. Saw Not just alligators, but one oh, of the biggest of alligators that we've ever seen he, down there. And, which, he's, he's a little and I should have gone with him, but I couldn't. <laughs> I was a little jealous. But it was an awesome mom and son time. And I recommend it to any of you moms or your family. Kids, grab your parents, even if you just take them out to lunch. Grab that spiritual mom or dad that's in your life. Yeah, amen. It doesn't even have to be your mom, mom. 
All of us have a mom figure in our life. I yes, don't care do. who you are. Make sure you're telling those moms, thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, we know that women are multifaceted, unlike most men. <laughs> it's in a mom's DNA to be a mother. When a young woman becomes a mom, there's, there's this tendency, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, to mother everybody. <laughs> huh? Are you with me? <laughs> Am I lying? How many moms know what I'm talking about? Huh? You get that little baby, and everybody's a little baby after you get that little baby. <laughs> you can't turn off being a mom, can you? How many moms that have had babies and they're grown up, you're in the grocery store, and somebody in front of you has a baby that's crying, and you immediately start doing this? Yeah. That's, you're never, ever turning the mom mode off because you want to be a mom. Amen? And the dad's... When you hear somebody else's baby doing that, you go the other way. Say you walk away. <laughs> You're right. You are accurate. But as a result of this mothering instinct, and I believe, by the way, when I say instinct, it's God-given. I don't think it's just evolution in process. No way. It's something innate. God has placed in you as one of his daughters, and, and I believe that with all my heart. But it can lead to your husband getting somewhat annoyed at times. Hence the saying, you're not my mama. You're not my mama. You're not my mama. <laughs> what you doing telling me that stuff? You're not my mama. But guys, as much as we'd like to think we don't need our wives to mother us, how many would admit there are times when we really need them to do just that? Amen. You want to do what? <laughs> Yeah, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. And men, husbands, if you're totally honest, you'll admit that you need your wife to be your mom in the sense of giving you sound advice. Now, we need our wives to be our wives. But there are times we need them to be our moms, and I don't believe that's coincidence. I believe that's just how God has designed them to be. Amen? So your primary role is to mother your children, but through history, and even in the Bible, we see some places where women mother their husbands, and sometimes it's, it's necessary, and it could even lead to them being protected. Amen. In 1 Samuel 25, 14-38, we see Abigail going into action when her husband screws up royal. Uh-oh. Now, I'm not going to go through all the scriptures, but let me set the scene. David had pulled together this army warriors in cognito around the desert. He hid in caves, but he prepared these men. And what they did, anybody on the outskirts of the desert, he protected. And Abigail's family had this huge farm. And they had kept it protected from all the people that wanted to, to, to rob pillage. them and kill, yeah. pillage. So, at one point, David tells his army, man, we're getting really hungry. Go on over to that farm and ask them for the food. And the husband told the troops that had come in, absolutely not, go get your own food. Uh-oh. So they went back and told David, and David was ticked. You know, David did have a temper, didn't he? David was like, are you serious? A temper. All this time we've been taking care of them? all right, we're going to go down there and we're going to kill them. 
Abigail, his wife, got wind of this, that her husband had made a bad decision. And in her quick thinking, she reversed what most likely would have been the death of her family. She quickly had her servants put a dinner together. She went out to meet David and his men. And Abigail went humbly to King David and asked him to show mercy on her husband and her family. Hmm. How many would agree that men can do some dumb things? Amen. Well, I was going to say don't raise your hand, but okay, sometimes. That doesn't mean they're stupid. Nope. Not at all. You know, like Hollywood tries to paint them as total idiots. idiots. But it simply means they have a lapse of good judgment sometimes. <laughs> I like Something that. gets in their head. We're and not idiots. We just have no. a lapse of good judgment. No. And, so. and I think there's, there's a couple of slides. Uh, if yeah. Mandy could start. Let's, let's go through them slowly. Why, why women yeah. outlive men. Yeah. Go ahead to the next one. Uh, now, this is one of my favorites. Because uh, I've done that. Go ahead. Uh, this one, <laughs> I think this is ingenious, all right? I, I'm just saying. The next one. Uh, that's got bad news written all over it. I, I'm just not even going there. I love, he's got a cigarette in his mouth. I don't know if you can see that, but anyhow, yeah, flammable gas, uh huh. Oh. And, and this is one of my favorites. That's a boulder over this guy's head, and he's got a little twig holding it up there. Yeah, like that's going to keep it from crushing him. Or, I don't know, what are guys thinking? Next. I love this one. Oh my, you dudes are in trouble. Next. This is my favorite. These guys are, are they're, they're, you can see it. I don't have to explain it. Wow. Boom. And then this has got to be, all right, that's an outlet going across the pool to the little radio on top of there. And, and you know what? Those boys are in trouble. Next. And then this one. Really? That's how you find shade? Uh, and, and this might be my very favorite. I, again, this is ingenious, right, guys? Huh? I mean, women would never think of this because they're smart. <laughs> anyway, all right. You know, I, I looked to find the one picture that Pastor Norm would have Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. I just want you to know, before we got our lift, I walked in here one morning. There were two Sunday school tables, with two more Sunday school tables on that. They didn't even, yeah, Pat's over there, she knows. They weren't even even, okay? So they were stacked on top of that. Then stacked on that was one of those high ladders. Oh, you're exaggerating. Oh, no, I'm not. And they're on their tippy toes getting the lights up here. And I snapped a picture of it, and I don't know what happened to that picture. I wanted to show it because I was It's like, only 31 foot up there. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand. You know, again... Not all men do this, but sometimes it does happen. But Abigail was married to, his name was Nabal, a man that most people didn't even like. But because Abigail showed respect for her husband, yep. even though he didn't deserve it, David saw this as a quality. And 10 days after this event happened, Nabal died of a heart attack. Wow. Bummer. You know, you really need to have a good attitude, guys. <laughs> yeah. It really does help. So David sent for her to become his wife, which is 
a huge respect from David, amen? And ladies, even when your husband is acting like an idiot, you need to show him respect. That's not that easy either. Uh-uh. You've done that with me a few times. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I showed you respect the day I saw the tables on the ladder. But we need to, yeah. But because of her respect towards Nabal, God blessed her. Yes. And David took her as his wife after that. Isn't that awesome? And she was taken care of. And back then, that meant you took care of her the rest of her life. So that was a real sign of respect. Amen. And think about this. This is the one I love. Even Jesus' mom, Mary. (laughs) I love this part. she, She got things going. She gave her son a nudge, just a little nudge. To Any do. of you ever have a nudge from your mother? <laughs> Just a little love nudge? Huh? To Trying do, to get you to do something? Yeah, to do his very first public Troy, miracle. you ever have a nudge? You ever get, yeah, you get them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but they were at a wedding, and they ran out of wine. Why don't you go ahead and, and read And I'll it. go ahead and read this. John 2, 1 through 5. I'm helping you. I see that. I'm the next you. day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told them, they have no more wine. This is Jesus. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told his servants, do whatever he tells you. She just totally ignored him and said, he's going to take care of this. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) And and I'm sure that, that Jesus, being the... The young man, the respectable young Jewish man that he was, he had to have thought, geez, mom, really? Can't I just enjoy the party? But what did Jesus do? He did. He, look, he might have been a little bit frustrated with mom, dear old mom, that she's giving him this nudge. But he ended up obeying her, her desire at that point. And, and I thought that was pretty cool. He was obedient even though he was miffed with her. And, and I see that a lot with young men. <laughs> you know, their mom will tell them to do something and they're like, no, I ain't doing that. Come on, I'll do it. And they do it anyway. That's just a sign of what? Respect. Respect. That's honoring your mom, guys. And we need to continue to do that. So have you ever wondered this, and and as I was studying this out, I just thought about this. If Mary hadn't prodded Jesus here, would his ministry have ever gotten off the ground? (laughs) I mean, think about that, because a lot of us guys, we don't do anything without somebody pushing us. You know, you might say it's pushing you out of the nest or whatever you want to call it. But Mary knew that Jesus needed a little push. He didn't want to start it yet. But he listened to dear mom and he did what she asked him to do. Hallelujah. Well, the answer, of course, is I'm sure he would have still done this. But it's fun to see that it was that little nudge from Mary that got Jesus to start his ministry here on the earth. That's how the Bible records it, at least. That shows the influence of a praying mother. Amen. Amen. You know, years ago, when I was praying, and this is before our first son Cameron, he had walked away from God. And I was praying, and God says, Cameron is going to be ministering beside Norm. And I was like, what? And I wrote it in my Bible. God is calling Cameron into the ministry. So when I got my word out and I would pray, I would see that. 
And I kept just little nuggets here and there to Cameron. And at the time, he lived in Texas. And I'd say, Cam, how you doing? You know, are you, you know, going to church? Are you doing this? I even got him the archaeological Bible for his birthday. And I remember him calling and going, gee, thanks, Mom. And I, how you doing? How you enjoying that Bible? Every once in a while, God would just share with me. To, and you know, one day we got the call. Mom, yeah, God's called me into ministry. I was like, really? That's awesome. Are you thinking of going to school? He goes, well, not really. God said we needed to move back and come and mentor under you and Dad. Wow. And I was like, Cam, I got to go pray now. <laughs> and we had Cam and Shannon and the kids for three years here at the church where they mentored and they ministered together. And then some town decided they wanted him for his pastor and took, took him away. But I'm so proud of him. He is now a senior pastor. But I look at my Bible and I see that. Moms, don't quit priding your kids. That's right. Don't keep putting, Jesus, keep putting Jesus in front of them. Because it doesn't matter how old they are, God has a plan for each and every one of your kids. And maybe you have kids that aren't your, again, you're the spiritual part of that. Just keep prodding them. Tell them they need to be with, you know, come on, it's time. Amen? Amen. Now, Norm and I realize that God has given us this church. Amen? So we're a big church family, right? You know what that makes us? Mom and Daddy. <laughs> and I do have that title of Mama Moose sometimes. And honestly, there are days that I'm concerned, that I'm praying over you and you don't even know it. God puts you on our hearts. And I know that's what we're supposed to do. We are Mom and Daddy of all of you. That's right. And our, and our heart is we want to minister to you. I'm so blessed to have so many kids right here in our church, amen? It's an honor to be a mom to so many. And I get so excited when someone comes into my office and I get to draw them closer to Jesus. You know, sometimes it's just a little tweak. You just have, they just need an encouraging word. And a mom's going to tell you the truth, amen? You're good at that. Yes, I am. If they're messing up. If you're messing up, I'm going <laughs> to be totally honest with you. That's my character. How many know that's what a mom does? Yeah, I am not an icky, sweet kind of person. I'm not going to candy coat things. If you need something, you need to do it, then you better get it done. That's right. Amen? We want you to get the victory. That's right. And I had a wonderful mentor, Sister Warnick, and I just loved how she would minister. And she would come up, and I can't, we were talking about somebody, and they were boohooing, and she gave me the best advice I've ever gotten. She goes, if you're upset about something and you need to cry, then you go over to the stove and you set the timer. You boohoo it out, but as soon as that timer goes off, you wipe your eyes, Wait, you get you up, and you get going. tell them how much time they give them. They didn't. Sister Warnick said you give it five minutes. <laughs> All right, I'll give 10 or 15. But when you get it out of your system, that's it. You get up and you go on. Amen. Man, that's been some of the best advice for me. Not that I cry a whole bunch, but right. all these things are what moms do. Annoying, perhaps, necessary, absolutely, probably. And I just want to say, Sister Warnick's still alive. She's in her 90s, but she called us a couple weeks yeah. ago just to see how you were doing it. And I 
That's just amazing to us. She still loves us. There's one more mom we want to talk about before we close today. And of course, I think most of you are going to know this, but this is a mom that, that God put in here, someone that you in modern day, mom, somebody that you could actually replicate. So, Right. Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, talks about the Proverbs woman. Now, I know that's my go-to. I want to be that Proverbs 31 woman. And it shows how multifaceted a woman women are. And as God reveals through this proverb, there isn't much a mother and wife can accomplish. Amen? This woman is a great example of who we can become. Right. You know, I know I haven't hit the mark. I've messed up a lot, but I'm still going after it. And ladies, I don't care what age you are, who you are, get Proverbs 31 in your heart, read it over and over, and try to go towards what the Proverbs 31 woman says. Let's look at that. We're not going to do the whole thing, but just a couple of the verses. In chapter 10, it says... Verse 10. Or verse 10, I'm sorry. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. In 27 through 29, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. That's the goal. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And I just want to say that's you, in my opinion. Aww. Suffice, it, suffice it to say. Suffice it. Suffice? How many can say suffice it? <laughs> Suffice it to say, mom, <laughs> you moms, we need all of you. We need your love, your wisdom, your charm, your humility, your intelligence, your hard work, your ethic, your beauty. You don't have humor. <laughs> you need humor in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> your humor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Even though it's... Uh, never mind. <laughs> Most of all, which is where I was going, that God imparted anointing to do what only a mom can do. That's what we need from you. Amen. You may not be a Proverbs woman yet, but keep on striving. We all need goals in front of us. So keep those goals in front of you. God put her in the Bible for a reason. And if you aim for nothing, you hit it every time. But if you aim for greatness, even if you fall a little short, you're still better for it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can you stand with me? We're going to sum this up. And again, each one here has a mother figure in their life. Every day. Take that time to draw from them or minister to them and keep this Proverbs 31 woman lifted up in your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just, we lift you up today. We thank you for, thank you for the moms that are in this room. We thank you for this church family that's growing together. Lord, I just pray that today is a day that 
If you're a mom, that you get to be with your kids. If your kids, you get to be with those, your moms. And if your mom isn't around, or you're able to be with that spiritual mom that has pulled you through. Lord, grab on to these moments. Help us to reach out. And Lord, more than anything, Jesus, you are first in our life. We just ask that you just draw to these people today. Lord, we just thank you that when we come to the end of our messages, we never know what you want to do. And I just sense today that there are some moms questioning how they've mothered up to this point. And I believe the Lord would say to you today, you're still my daughter and I love you so much. And today is a new day. It's a new beginning. Amen. What happened yesterday or 20 years ago is irre irrelevant. He's asking you today just to try to put that behind you and begin to go after this Proverbs 31 woman model today. Begin to put God first. And, and, and He's challenging you. I believe this with all my heart. He's challenging you to spend more time with Him, less time with all the other uh, uh, things that are taking your attention. And, and as you do... He's going to make you one of the most amazing mothers that we've ever seen on this planet. So give God the glory. Put Him first in your life and let Him move. You, and I Jesus. believe you're going to see that change if that's you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anything else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can we have everybody sit down just for a minute? And then have our mothers stand. <laughs> Woo! Look at them all. I love our dads too, but there's just something about you ladies that just blesses us. And I want to thank each one of you for not giving up on us. And, you know, some animals eat their children. <laughs> thank you for not doing that. <laughs> We really do appreciate all that you do for the kingdom of God. And, and if you would, if you're around these ladies and you're able to uh, just extend a hand or lay a hand on them if it's, if it's alright with the mothers. Father, we just thank you again for every mom that's standing here today, every grandma. Lord, <laughs> they are such a blessing to us oh, and we all know we wouldn't be here without them. And Lord, we pray just a special influence on them today, Lord. A special anointing to give them the, the courage to go through the next day and the next and the next. Lord, to stand strong in their marriage, to stand strong when it comes to their children walking away from you, and Lord, not giving up, extending that faith that only a mother can have, praying for those kids until they finally return to you. Lord, we pray for a strong influence in their job, in the workplace, in the grocery store, and wherever they go, that they would find deals, Lord, that, that no other mom found, because they're your moms, they're your daughters, Lord, and we just pray for favor upon them. And God, even uh, should they ever find themselves getting pulled over for whatever, that even sparing them sometimes from getting a ticket, because they're your kids, Lord, and, and you can influence anyone on their behalf. And Lord, again, we just thank you for each one here today. We pray that you would bless them richly on this very special day that we call Mother's Day. I pray that same prayer for my wife, Lord, as she stands here with us. And we commit each one into your hands. 
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Give him a hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! How do we do that? We're early. You know, whenever I preach with you, we're always early. I don't know how that happens. And we did communion. <laughs> Praise God. Now you have more time to go enjoy your family. Yes. Father God, bless, bless. each one here today. Bless our, uh, are we having snacks? Bless our snacks and coffee uh, fellowship, Lord, and get everybody home safe or wherever they're traveling today. We ask this in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Amen. Jesus.